0: Rush a fad into a nice little Broadway Joni Monday post game pod. Welcome back. Very silent on my end. Do apologize. A lot going on in the world and just haven't had the moment to get together. And I take full responsibility. Something that Adam Gase does not know anything about. But do welcome everyone back to the pod. Obviously, following up the Raiders absolutely just i wouldn't even say embarrassing the jets just obviously shocking us which most of you would would agree is a good thing i think that we obviously needed to lose the game to continue the uh the tank for trevor so it's all good stuff here a lot to go over a lot to cover but real quick off the top of my head just obviously my my quick reaction to this is the perfect jets loss you want to fight you want to compete we want to at least not get blown out every game and the last couple at least the jets have fought and give us something to at least look at the young guys too and look how we've played so i'm i'm happy with it i'm happy i mean no one wants to get your heart ripped out like that and i think sam donald's become the guy that is just the face of the heartbreak of that team but end of the day it's it's all for the bigger picture and good now i think donald didn't play too terribly obviously got the turnovers there but I don't think he played terribly, and that's what you want. You want him to compete so he increases that trade value so we can get more, maybe a third, fourth rounder for him at this rate. Who knows? Joe Douglas can maybe pull out a second rounder for him, but all good stuff and a lot to cover. Obviously, fresh here with the Greg Williams firing. Obviously, well-deserved. They got some pretty interesting stat lines to uh, you know say to you guys about that. Uh, I'm going to go over just the absolute rise of Quinton Williams and there's a lot – it's so easy in New York to just let a guy go so quickly, but there's a lot to look forward to to this kid. He's so young, so talented, and he's going to be an absolute cornerstone of the franchise. Going to go over just my overall Sam Darnold feeling, how, how I feel for him, how uh, you know he's likely done in New York, which is obviously said, and potentially some updated trade destinations for him. Um, we'll look into the Jaguars Almost win against the Vikings. Obviously a big deal there. Obviously for the tank, you got to keep an eye on the Jaguars. Um, Trevor Lawrence updates some of his stats over the weekend uh, as, you know, he led uh, Clemson over Virginia Tech. Uh, we'll go over the game awards as we usually do. Obviously I didn't get the pregame out, so we're going to do no uh, no follow-up on my predictions, anything like that. Didn't really put anything out there. Uh, and then I think this would be pretty cool. You guys get a little kick out of this would be uh, – I'm going to bring you into the uh, the Broway Joni situation room. Talk about different quarterback, receiver, tandem options for the next year of the 21-22 season. Could it be Trevor Lawrence? Could it be Sam Darnold? Could it be Justin Fields? Very interesting stuff there. Some fan questions, some good stuff to go over, but... Again, we'll jump back right into the game. So I didn't get anything out as it relates to my my pregame picks. Uh, my obviously I do my um, my player props every week, my score predictions, what to look for, things like that. But I think the biggest things to take away is how inexperienced secondary is. Uh, Bryce Hall didn't look good. He, he, it's weird because he's, he's there on every play. He's just not making the plays he should. And obviously, you got to you know give him a little bit more time. He's a late round pick, but. I do think he can have a potential spot in this team for you know for the foreseeable future. Obviously, we need some pretty big help at the cornerback slot. Um, looking past that, I th- I think our linebackers look pretty good. Very very young, very fast. They're all over the field. Obviously, you need to do a much better job in coverage, and that's on Greg Williams. I mean, you can't have you can't have Harvey Langi guarding Darren Waller, who's pretty much a receiver at the tight end slot the entire game. He had 13 catches, 200 yards, two touchdowns personally i am cool with that i have been fantasy i need him to do well but i mean no adjustments until the very end and that's when we started doing it and even then he was still burning us and that's again that's just that's inexperienced at the secondary but at the linebacker slot maybe you get better with mosley back coming back next year who knows what kind of shape he'll be in but as it relates to the jets as as an organization we just gotta do a better job on defense maybe that'll get a change with the uh the new interim defensive coordinator coming in but Greg Williams, I will move right to that. Obviously, fired today. Gase coming out right away, saying that it was his decision. He went to uh, the president, obviously the GM, ownership about firing him, and he ma- he made the wrong call. He made the wrong play call. There's no doubt about that. There's no if ends or buts. I'm just, I'm very interested. I'm one the power structure of the Jets. What? Why does? Obviously, Gase is the head coach. He has some sort of a say over his staff. But does that mean he reports to Joe Douglas now? Or does that mean it's it's still it's still that like collective that we've been seeing? So I'm not sure about that. We'll dive into that. I got some pretty cool Greg Williams firing stuff coming up for you, but definitely stay tuned. A lot to go over, a lot to cover, and uh, we'll we'll keep it rocking here. Fired. You're fired, 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 you're fired. Thank you, Donnie T, leading us right into the Greg Williams fired segment. and It's a doozy. So some, some pretty interesting stats regarding the Greg Williams being fired. Obviously, I think the play that led to his dismissal from the Jets is a Hail Mary to lose the game to, to Henry Rugg. So but paint the picture a little bit. They did cover zero, which means that it, it's man up coverage straight up. Lamar Jackson, not the good one, the Lamar Jackson from Wisconsin undrafted cornerback is one up with a top 15 drafted wide receiver who runs a 4240. Straight up, no help, nothing. And obviously Marcus May had what had what he had to say about it, but let's put this in perspective. It's the stupidest play defensive play call of all time. Now, I'll dive into why it isn't a tank play call. I just think Greg Williams is that stubborn of a person. I mean, Rex Ryan called this the dumbest play call he's ever seen. Um, Marcus May, obviously, like I said, had some stuff to say about it. But you're looking at – let's look at Greg Williams' blitz tendencies. So he has rushed seven or eight on 11 plays this season. Arizona had 13, Kansas City had 18, and Miami has 18. Have done done it more often. So of those 11 plays this season where Greg Williams has rushed seven or eight guys on defense – Against the Jets is 7 for 10, 150, 155 yards, three touchdowns, and only one sack. So there's really no competent answer to why he's doing it. There's no reason. and Anyone coming at any, any Jets fan saying, oh, he's doing it for the tank. He's not going to be here next year. Hopefully, neither is Gase. Hopefully, any of this coaching staff, 75% of this roster is not coming back. So to say he doesn't want to win and make himself look good is just a very stupid argument. Because he obviously wants to look good. He's he's trying to get another job next season. He's not throwing games on purpose. Now, is Joe Douglas doing that by only leaving him with rookie defensive backs besides Marcus May? Yeah, probably. But Greg Williams is not actively trying to lose the game. So another interesting stat, and I'm gonna he'll never hear this, but Trey Wingo put this up. In the past 15 seasons, there's been 252 pass plays that one occur in fifteen second occur the final fifteen seconds. Two, the team is trailing by four to eight points, and 3. 40 plus yards from the end zone. The Jets are the only team to bring more than six rushers since two thousand six. So, of the last two hundred and fifty two, were the only team that bring more than six rushers in that scenario. Absolutely ludicrous, absolutely insane. Deserve to be fired on the spot, one hundred percent. Now, I'm not defending Gase because now Gase has come out and said he's the one who gave who gave the uh, the order to fire. Greg Williams. But what I will say as it relates to all of this is that is that when it comes down to it, you have to hold people accountable. At least the Jets are starting to do that and to fire Greg Williams. It's really unfair. It's my team. It's my quarterback. So let's deep dive a little bit into the quarterback situation. Um very, very adamant of my stance on Sam Darnold, I, I think he's going to be successful somewhere. I think he's going to be uh, a quarterback that can succeed somewhere else. And when I say somewhere else, I, I just know his times up in New York. I mean, he, oh, man, I mean, listen, he, you look at even starting in this game, right? I mean, he, he started off great. Two touchdown passes looked good, was making the right reads. And that's, that's pretty standard of the jets with him is that the guy can swing the ball. There's no question about it. The guy can play, when he's put in the situations to succeed, he does so. I, I get the turnovers. Yet That interception was brutal. He threw the ball to a very covered Rashad Perriman. I, I do understand that. The two sacks, and I'll talk about Becton in a minute with the awards, but it's it's a little bit on Becton, but you got to get the ball out a little bit faster in those situations. But he didn't really miss any throws. He didn't do anything to lose the Jets the game. What lost the Jets the game and is the coaching staff. The coaching staff lost that game. Sam Darnold was not the reason the jets lost he didn't overtly help the cause but he's not the reason they lost and the quarterback situation i'll dive in this potential scenarios later as well but i, I just do think that Darnold played a pretty decent game 14 for 23 170 yards he averaged eight yards of th- eight yards to throw which is by far his most this season the two touchdowns were beautiful um he didn't play – I mean, if you look at Derek Carr's quarterback rating, he threw the ball – Carr threw the ball 47 times, 381 yards, three touchdowns, one one pick, and he had a rating of 97.9. Darnold was 97.4. Wasn't far behind them. I'm not saying aspire to be Derek Carr, but Carr played a pretty great game against us. As it relates to the receiving core, it's – we got to get Mims obviously more involved. We got to get – definitely Rashad Parham more involved. Crowder's always been that guy for us as well and i just don't think the coaching staff is doing what they can and we've obviously failed sam donald greatly as an organization as a franchise but now you got to look to trevor lawrence and trevor lawrence played a pretty decent game uh, against va tech they won 45-10 12 for 22 very efficient 195 yards a touchdown one pretty fluky pick his deep ball was on point he rushed he rushed seven times for 41 yards he's got legs he also rushed for two touchdowns so the Jets got to hold out this tank. They got to get Trevor Lawrence in this building. He is obviously the future. You, you hope he doesn't pull an Eli Manning and ask for, a, ask for you know, a trade on draft day, whatever it may be. I don't think he does that. I think the Jets are a very attractive place to be with a pretty bright potential if done correctly. And in fairness, when we drift to Sam Darnold, we're a great potential team that didn't live up to it. It's all about who you have in the front office, who you have coaching. Coaching absolutely matters. Credit Joe Judge and the Giants right now. They just beat the Seattle Seahawks with Colt McCoy. Colt McCoy is not a world breaker. Coaching matters. It is very, very important to the overall being of your team. And obviously the quarterback back position is probably the most influenced by coaching unless you're a world breaker. Could Trevor Lawrence be that? Maybe, but we need to get the right coach in place. And that's where we're going to dive into next. Uh, and when I say that, because we're going to obviously be looking for the next coach, obviously, if Gase is fired. I'll dive into a fan question that's very interesting, but there's a couple of names that I want to talk about during the fan questions after the awards. Um, so we're going to dive into awards next, and we're going to go situation room with Brobe Joni, followed by fan questions, and we'll dive into some potential really interesting coaching options. But I, I just had to lay out the land a little bit with the quarterback situation for the Jets right now. It's a, it's a major award. A major award? Another post-game, another award ceremony we have to give out. And by that, another losing award ceremony. So I think this was going to be interesting. This is the first time I've done the same player for the MVP and LVP. Uh, But I think we have some pretty good ones here. So we'll rip it right off. MVP of the game, Lamar Jackson out of Wisconsin, the undrafted rookie, saved the tank, got blown up by rugs. Now, I know what you may be thinking. How isn't Greg Williams the MVP? He put him in that situation. We'll get to that in a minute. But Lamar Jackson, LV uh, MVP, and also we'll dive forward with M, uh, LVP because, again, he did cause the loss by getting blown up. You can't – not many guys in the NFL can take rugs one-on-one and a great ball by car, but you're the MVP for the tank, LVP for the loss. Offensive player of the game, Ty Johnson, big – Big fan of Todd Johnson on the Broadway Joni Pod. We've talked about him since his first ever run a couple weeks back, maybe about five weeks back here. He had 22 carries for 104, added 13 receiving yards. He's anti-tank. He's not about it. Very interesting there. I mean, it makes you think what Gase is doing. He's keeping Frank Gore in the game. Obviously, Gore got hurt. We you know hope, hope he recovers, everything like that. But Ty Johnson and Josh Adams combined for 190 rushing. They're not. They're not for the tank. They're fighting for their jobs. And Gore, I respect Gore, but if the, this team really does want to win, they can't be doing that. So that's where we're at with Ty Johnson. I think he's the offensive player of the game. Crowder was a close second, but still, I think Ty Johnson just outwardly shined this game. Defensive player of the game, Quentin Williams, absolute rising star, disruptor all game. Get this guy to the Pro Bowl. Obviously, the sack. He had a lot of pressures during the game. Couple tackles. Neville Hewitt was a close second. He had a pretty decent game, a lot of tackles there. Uh, but I think Quinn Williams is overwhelming me, overwhelmingly the defensive player of the game. Now it gets me to the moron of the game. The entire fucking coaching staff. The entire staff. You start with Greg Williams, obviously just lost his job due to that play call. It is what it is. Now look at Adam gay style Loggins. You have to get one first down to end the game. You cannot give the ball back to the Raiders at pretty much their own 40. You can't do it. The Jets got the first stop. You have to run the clock. You have to get the first down. They didn't do it. I don't know if it's play calling. Obviously, it's been play calling for two years now, but absolutely brutal. So that's the awards. Coaching staff, you got you got to fire everyone, man. Get rid of everyone. Next, we'll dive into a little bit of different situations I think the Jets could possibly be possibly looking at followed by some fan questions. So first time segment here we're going to do a little bit of situation uh situational stuff here. I I think there's some pretty cool options right now and when I say situation I'm saying what the possible situations could be for the Jets offense looking at 2122 season. Uh obviously there's a lot of different things going on. Do we get the number 1 pick? Do we get the number 2 pick? Do either Either happen and we go stick with Donald, whatever it may be. So, I'm going to give you my top three situations. I'm going to give you one with each quarterback that potentially could be on this roster. So, this is my most ideal situation right now. Obviously, we get the number one pick, we get Trevor Lawrence. Now, obviously, that's the obvious one. That's the one that most Jets fans will say they want, which is great. Uh, I'll give you a rundown of the rest of the roster and how I see this potentially rolling out. So, Lawrence at one, depending. We don't know where we're going to get with the Seahawks. Good loss yesterday. Thank you, Giants. I think you stick with run and maybe a journeyman running back over at two. Maybe you stick with Ty Johnson, Josh Adams. Maybe they give you what you need at a low cost. So I'll move on quick from there. I do think tight end, my number one. I think this guy should be on the board in the later rounds, but I do think Kyle Pitts is a guy from Florida that can really increase this team offensively. He's Pretty much a a Darren Muller clone. Looks great. I do like Pitts. He's having a little bit of health issues this year, but I think he's a guy that can really uh, step up our game. And I think you keep on the Herndon. I think Herndon's been a trooper. He's been one of those guys that's done pretty well blocking, done when he has been targeted. He's been obviously very inconsistent, but that's why you get Pitts. Moving on from there, once this guy's available, sign him. I don't think he's going to go back. I take Juju from the Steelers. Juju Smith Schuster. I think that I don't, I don't think they're going to re-sign him. I think they're going to let him walk. You have a lot of talent in Pittsburgh, and if they can keep increasing the defense and not have to pay this guy, I think they take that route. He's kind of been he's kind of been shoo to the back of the line there behind Deontay Johnson and Chase Claypool. If they can keep those rookie contracts from those guys, let Juju walk, save some money. I think the Jets should be an obvious landing spot for him. And then you, you finish it off. Obviously, you bring back Mims. I think he looks great so far for the rookie receiver. Crowder has to come back. He's a safety uh, safety blanket for any quarterback who we have. How about Maricol Hardman from the Chiefs? He's going to walk this year. I think he's going to be a pretty interesting option to take the top off the defense, let these guys work underneath. Mims is another guy you can line up on the outside. I think that's a pretty cool and interesting offense, and obviously a drastic increase from what we have this year. Next one. This is the Jets at the number two pick. You go Justin Fields from Ohio state. I do like what I see from him. He makes me a little bit nervous coming from Ohio state. Obviously I've seen so much success from guys that really just hasn't panned out on at the NFL level from Ohio state, but I think he's head over heels better than the other ones. So we'll, we'll see how that goes, but I think you have to take fields at two uh, if that is the situation. Now, Interesting enough, if the Jets have two, that means they're going to have the 34th pick in the draft, obviously, in the second round. Hear me out here. I think you still st- stick with Pitts unless there's a, a can't-miss receiver later in that round, maybe Rashad Bateman, someone of that nature. But say, I'll skip to the tight end. Say you get Pitts at tight end. You bring back Herndon, like I said. What about 33, Najee Harris? the running back from Bama. Pretty much the Derrick Henry, Bama prototype. He's a little bit better catching the ball on the backfield. He's having an unbelievable season for Bama right now. Now imagine Fields, Harris, Pitts. Now I'm not saying Harris won't be there for Trevor Lawrence, but I think if you do go offense in the top two picks, you might have to go I mean, offensive weapons in the top two picks. You might have to go offensive line uh, or even an edge rusher, which we obviously desperately need. But th- that's interesting. So Fields, Najee Harris, Pitts. Now – what about this receiving core top four? You bring back Perriman. You have Mims and Crowder obviously back. DJ Moore from Carolina you bring in. I think that's a pretty well-rounded receiving core. DJ Moore is your one. Uh, you can even you know argue him as a two, but you got Perriman, Mims, Moore. Obvious, obviously, you can mix and match them with, with the ones and twos. Gives you a little more flexibility. Uh, and then Jamison Crowder, you can put wherever you want. He's going to be successful, great route runner, great safety blanket. So that's my second option. Third. This is I, I don't know what to say about this. But so say we do have one or two, or even we I, I doubt we don't have those picks, but say we trade out of the one or two spots and load up on picks. So someone sells sells the farm, gives us all their picks for the one or two pick, and you hang on to Sam Darnold. So Donald's your guy, you're keeping Sam Darnold again. Unlikely. I, I think his time in New York's done. What about Travis Etienne from uh, Etienne from Clemson, the running back? Pitts, Jamar Chase, the uh LSU receiver who opted out this year. Juju, Mims, Crowder. So you, you keep Darnold, who's still remember, still a very young kid. You bring in three proven guys at the collegiate level that come in. You sign Juju, a proven guy, you let Perriman walk, you get Mims and Crowder. If Darnold can put something together, you have a very good offense, and you're not even talking about maybe getting an edge rusher to start too. All the picks you might get, the players you might get, it's intriguing. So that's my top three. Obviously, would love to hear you guys' thoughts on that. But uh, I do like the little situation. If you guys have any situations you want me to go over, obviously send it in to me. Happy to do it. And uh, let's dive into uh, some fan questions here. DJ Wales, let me stick with Boyd, George, and Tumble. I do appreciate it. I think it's just the right move. Um, Great. So, fan questions here. I uh, Got a couple with uh, the little hiatus I took, but we are back. We're full steam ahead here. And, obviously, any fan questions, feel free to send to me via Instagram, Twitter, or even, uh, obviously, Joni on the Jets at Gmail. So, we'll start. And this one comes actually from DJ Wales. Obviously, avid Jet fan. Appreciate the question. He Wants to know, and I think it's a very interesting question because obviously it's it's news, right? It's something that is recent, something that's happening right now, and obviously it's a little bit fresh in the mind. So he wants to know, are the Jets, in quotes, Joey Day as Joey Douglas, using Williams as a scapegoat for the disaster season to bring back gays? In my opinion, I feel like that's a little more of a conspiracy theory than an a- it relies on fact it's interesting for sure i think it it gets you going a little bit of holy shit they're keeping gase but they're getting rid of douglas excuse me not douglas gase um it's interesting because again you have to look at it in two ways what what benefit does firing your head coach do right now like he's obviously terrible obviously he's not the guy for the jets moving forward but Greg Williams made an overtly big mistake. Like, can't miss awful mistake. Gase has made little, little, little mistakes over and over and over again that have led to one big mistake, him being the Jets head coach. Um, I, I don't think so. I don't think I don't think Williams is a scapegoat at all. Obviously, he was given a pretty raw deal. Half his half his defensive talent left or got hurt or opted out. He was given an entire rookie defensive backfield besides Marcus May. And I, th- I think they compete every week. I think they play for him. I think they do like playing for him outside of that one play call, but um, it's a good question. I don't think so. I think that Gase is going to go as soon as the final whistle blows week 17. So good question there. Going to move on. We got John asking anything to the Bill Cowher rumors. Um, so if you guys haven't heard that, Boomer Sides, an obviously friend of Bill Cowher's, recently came out. I actually did it this morning well, as, a, as I'm recording this, came out and said, that Bill Cowher is interested in coaching again, has been talking very highly of the Jets players uh, and Joe Douglas, obviously. And maybe there's a one that he might want to coach again and the Jets would be a good situation for him. That's all there is to the rumors. There's nothing else. Bill Cowher's never said anything overtly saying, I want to come back. And the question remains, do you want Bill Cowher? Do you want a guy that hasn't coached in over 10 years to, to lead the franchise? Obviously, a Super Bowl winning coach, someone that is reliable, knows the game. But do you want Bill Coward to lead the team? I don't know if I'm there yet. I I would I would like to obviously hear from him one. And also I would like to learn a little bit more about what he did in Pittsburgh when he did win that Super Bowl and kind of how he uh how he might operate the Jets. So good question there. Last one here is from Sean. Are the Jets actively tanking? No, the front office is tanking. The Jets players are fighting for jobs, they're fighting for opportunities elsewhere. I don't think that they're tanking the coaches want to fight for jobs elsewhere show what they can do they happen to be losing every game in an embarrassing fashion but they're not actively tanking Joe Douglas is tanking he wants Trevor Lawrence he wants a fresh rookie contract to build upon it all makes sense that way so again appreciate the fan questions appreciate everyone reaching out we're going to be going pick them podcast this weekend coming up as well as uh, a, a mini a mini pregame pod. of them we're going to go obviously back to some postgame stuff as well so all questions send over to Joni in the Jets at gmail Appreciate everyone listening, and uh, we'll talk soon.